Raise our hands right across this place this morning, just as a, a sign that um, we're desiring something new from, from God, something new from the Holy Spirit, the presence of heaven to come and fill us right now in the power that is in Jesus' name. So I'm just going to pray and believe that as we are in this moment, something from heaven will get on us. Lord Jesus, we just pray right now, we open ourselves, we we receive something from you today. We believe, Lord God, what your word says. We believe what your promises are. And I just pray over every hand that is raised and desires a touch from heaven, that today clarity will come. Today new vision will come. Today a new power from the Spirit will come into people's lives. Redirect us, we pray. Encourage us and empower us for your purposes. We pray and believe in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can take your seats. Well, it's so good to be with you this morning. So good to be in church. What a week it has been. Who enjoyed Pastor Josh Greenwood last Sunday? The um, Dig Another Well. What a great message. I encourage you to uh, check that out online on, on uh, our podcast. And um, make make use of those messages you can hear over and over again. Also, Awaken Night, our first one on Thursday night, went tremendously well. It was a great night in the presence of God. So I want to encourage you to um, come along to those. The next one is June 24th. And I'm really looking forward to that because I know God is wanting to stir again the things of the Spirit in our church and in our lives to bring us into a new season of power and growth in the things of God. So I know that as a leader, you carry a burden of, of stuff. You carry a load of things um, that, that you just can't avoid sometimes. But what I, what I realized, had a, had a word from God, that God said, um, you, can't, you can't expect a new harvest by sowing the old seed. And, and uh, it was like something lifted off my life when I started to realize that I've got to just start sowing again with fresh things that God's giving me and not expecting to to sow the old stuff and expect a new harvest. So I want to encourage all of you here today, you're going to hear this a lot from me, words to this effect, start sowing new seed in your life. So when things would make you angry, sow seeds of forgiveness. When things used to make you feel uh, stingy, start sowing seeds of generosity. So whatever it is that you've been used to sowing in your life, start sowing something from God, something from heaven, and you'll start to see you'll begin to see a new harvest in your life that is going to take you into the purpose and the promise that God has intended for your life. So I just want to really, really encourage you with that. Um, but those, uh, you know, the, these uh, awakened season, I believe, that we are in is going to be, uh, you know, the, the way forward for us as a people to really discover new things and to see a whole new harvest like we've never ever seen before here in the life of the church. Well, today is Pentecost Sunday. Now, realistically, we don't celebrate this quite as much as we ought to. We celebrate Easter and Christmas really strongly in the life of the church calendar. But I think Pentecost is is equally important, if not more important than those those celebrations, because it, it is a very, very important uh, thing. We're going to look at it this morning. But uh, the Christian life that God intended for you is not for a ritual or a ceremony, uh, for a display, 
but it's to live on earth as people connected with heaven. So Pauline and I recently went to Brisbane and we went to the Anzac Day service um, at, at, the, at an army base. And what we saw there was a ceremonial display of, of military uh, pageantry. So the, these, these, you know, they, they all march in line, they have their weapons, they, they all look good, they've got medals on, all that sort of stuff. But you know something, that is, that is not the reason why we have an army. We have an army so it can defend a nation, so it can uphold the, the, the values of a nation. That's what we have an army for, so they can fight. And if we were to think that we, we are, are in church life or we become Christians, we believe in Jesus so that we can have a display, so that we can have a, 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 um, a ceremonial purpose, that is not your purpose. Your purpose is to, is to be weaponized to defend the nation, to defend the cause of Christ on the earth today. So we are living uh, in the prophecy that Joel prophesied um, of t- the days in which we live. I, wanna, I don't think uh, any of these scriptures are unusually to, to be preached when we're talking about Pentecost and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But uh, in Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and 29, he prophesied to the days in which we live. And it says this, And afterward... I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Now, I want to tell you something. We live in the era of this prophecy fulfilled. You live in the beneficiary of this prophecy by living today in this season. You are a person that has the Spirit of God available, that has been poured out upon all people, has been poured out on us. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. That's something we should believe. That's something we need to have as a benchmark. Your sons and your daughters, that means our kids' church isn't play club. Our youth meetings, our youth meetings aren't, aren't a, 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 a babysitting for teenagers. They're times for our young, our sons and daughters to prophesy. Our church... Is, it says your old men will dream dreams. It's time for the old men, the old women in the church to begin to dream again the plans and the promises of God. It's not something from the past. It's dreaming again today what we've never seen or done before. Uh, your young men will see visions. That's about stirring up young people to start to get a passion and a desire for the things of God for their future. So they, they're not just thinking, well, what's my career going to be? They're also thinking, how do I serve God? Where, where does God want to direct my life? How can I train myself to be better equipped to serve God? So the, the, those visions are things that no one has ever thought of before. And they can only come to the people of God that are filled with the Spirit. I love it. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. There's no sexism in the kingdom of God and the Holy Spirit. It says, some, you know, I just believe that God wants to pour out in equal measure on any human being that will receive it. So we live in the era of the prophecy fulfilled. It's a great, great prophecy to be living under. So we'll look, um, and where are we going? The Holy Spirit upon, upon the earth, among the church, and in God's people enables Jesus' hands to work through our hands. You know, that's something so amazing. The Holy Spirit upon the earth, among the church, and in God's people, enables Jesus' hands to work through our hands. Look at your hands this morning. 
You say, these are Jesus' hands. Jesus wants to use my hands. Jesus wants to use your hands this morning. And I don't think this is anything like the first service, so it's really good. Might have to put both of them up today. But Jesus, getting to, to Pentecost, Jesus was crucified on the eve of Passover. Very, a very important Jewish uh, you know, time in their calendar. But seven weeks after Passover, 50 days, um, we encounter the celebration of Pentecost. It means 50. It means 50 days after Passover. And, and it was a, a celebration of when, basically, there's a couple of different variations of this, but basically it was a celebration when the people remembered when Moses received the law of God after leaving you know, Egypt on the Passover. So they wandered around the wilderness 50 days only, and then God spoke to Moses. So that was a celebration of that. They didn't want to forget that time. So uh, it's a significant day uh, in the life of the church because Jesus promised the disciples, he said, stay in Jerusalem and wait until you're, you're empowered by the Holy Spirit. Stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. Now, they didn't even know what that was going to be. But he said, just stay there and wait. Now, it, as it happened on the day of Pentecost, that all the believers were together in one place and suddenly the Holy Spirit turns up. Now, significance of, of that day of Pentecost in the life of the church, it's a moment that the church was born. It's recognized as a day that the church actually came, came of age. It went from being the small group of disciples, around about 120 people, to suddenly booming into the church. So when the believers was, it's when the believers who were mostly Jews uh, from, from Jewish traditions, uh, as the Holy Spirit was released upon them, they transferred from being Jews to being Christians, to being the church of Jesus Christ, which was open for all, all people. Um, Acts 2 verse 1 to 4, I'll read it out to you. And I love it in the, in the NIV. Uh, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. Where did it come from? Heaven. We need to desire the sound of heaven in our church. We need to desire the sound of heaven in our lives. We need to desire the sound of heaven because we can have the sound from many other places. We can have the sound of the Beatles. We can have the sound of, of, of you know, Savage Gardens. We can have the sound of all kinds of things. But we need to have a sound of heaven that shakes the place in which we meet. So it was a violent windstorm that came from heaven and filled the whole house where they, were, where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, the next thing is, is amazing where we really see the launch of the church. Peter and the other believers hit the street and people from all over the world heard their own language. It says there's people from all over the place and they think we can hear our own language being preached. And Acts 2 verse 41, it says, those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. And I can't help this. You know something? If you think church should stay small, then you are anti-church of the Bible. So it says that, you know, mega church was started right from the very start. That's what it should look like. That's why our, our vision is to be a large, relevant church of mature believers who love our community. Because to stay small is unspiritual. It's unbiblical. Oh, you're so excited. I'm, I'm excited about it. I believe we need, we need to have big vision. 
We need to not be limited by what we, our perspective of what the world should be because the world needs God, the world needs the power of Jesus and we need the Holy Spirit to reach people. So <clears throat> something about the Holy Spirit, just some background here. The Holy Spirit illuminates the word and brings understanding to our mind to spiritual things. We call this a revelation, a moment of seeing something that you couldn't see before. Have you ever seen that or done that? You, you know, suddenly something is awakened, illuminated to you that you didn't realize or, or understand. So a revelation can change your mind and awaken your spirit. That's why I'm so excited about our awaken direct, the awakened direction, because I'm believing that God is going to be awakening new things in and through us as we go down that journey. Now, faith, which is the, the substance of heaven, is enabled when truths are, re are revealed. Now, I want to tell you something. You've got to stir faith in your life. If you're a believer who doesn't believe in miracles, then I don't know what you're believing. So if you're going to be a believer, you want to be a believing believer. It's really the only kind of believer you can be. So, you know, you've got to, you, you, you can't live limited by the perspective of your experience. We say, well, I tried that and, and, and nothing happened. Try again. I'll, 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 I'll lend something from last weekend. Dig another well. Don't stop. Dig again. Keep believing again. So we're, um, the Holy Spirit is the revealer of hidden truth. Now that's how people are born again. A hidden truth is revealed by the Holy Spirit. You cannot be born again. You cannot become a believer in Jesus without that transfer of, of knowledge that comes from heaven that somehow lets that happen. Because it's impossible on our own. We can't buy it. We can't earn it. We can't, we can't uh, manufacture it. It's something that can only come like a wind from heaven into someone's life that causes them to go from not believing to believing. It's a, it's a, I find it's a, one of the most amazing uh, uh, transformations that we have is when someone go, has that, that stepping over from not knowing God to knowing God. And it's the Holy Spirit who makes it happen. So... The Holy Spirit is given so you can be the presence of God in the world. Get that one? The, the Holy Spirit is given so you can be the presence of God in the world. The so Holy Spirit is not given so we have a great lot of fun in church. Although we do that. It's good. It's great having moves of the Spirit in church. But if that's all we're going to do is, is, is use that expression of the Holy Spirit to, to contain ourselves in church... We're missing the mark of why God sent the Holy Spirit to earth. It's so that you could take the presence of God into everyday life, into, into every part of the world. So we often relate the Holy Spirit with the power of God, which it is. Now, Jesus told the disciples, wait in Jerusalem until you're, you're in, in the King James, it says, until you are endued with power, until you are filled with power. So we, we do use that relation there with power, but we... We access the power of God by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So, and we do that by relationship with him. So there's power for prophecy. Uh, and, and we need to unlock the power of prophecy in our lives. We need to unlock the power of prophecy in the church and, and let that operate. Um, we need to have power to dream. We need uh, power for visions. Uh, we need power for miracles. We need power for healing. We need uh, power for the things from heaven to be activated here on earth. 
Now, those things are, are found when you value the presence of God in your life. It's not something you just come and do on a weekend. It's something you want to foster with every other hour of your life. So when, when we have worship times, we're worshiping, praying, meditating, spending time in the Bible, being in the Lord's house, um, when you're present to these, you're positioning for God's presence to be revealed. So you need to put all those things together in your life and you'll find that you're positioning yourself for the presence of God to dwell with you. So give attention to these things in your life. Uh, don't, don't allow any of those things to cause pride to rise, to rise, up, rise up. Pride, not prize, pride. Don't get proud. But you will grow strong in the Holy Spirit when you give attention to those areas. So the Apostle Paul had an encouragement to Timothy. And uh, he said to him, stir up the spiritual gifts within you. It's found in 2 Timothy 1 verse 6, and it says exactly like this. I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gifts God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Here's the hands again. Look at your hand. Look at your hand this morning. You have in your hand is the power of God. So don't ever underestimate or belittle or listen to someone who says that the gathering together of believers doesn't matter because the gathering of the believers is a time where you can lay your hands on one another for a Holy Spirit um, uh, uh, what is it? Um, transfusion. I was watching yesterday a, a, an episode of The Office and Michael was getting a blood transfusion and he passed out from it. But I don't think we need to pass out from a spiritual transfusion, but we need to be ready to use our hands to pray for one another, to encourage one another, to have a transfusion of the Holy Spirit. So it's vitally, vitally important that the church gather and, and use your hands to build one another, to inspire one another, to have a transfusion of the Holy Spirit to each other. It's vitally important in the church. So if you think, well, I... You know, that doesn't apply to me, then, then you're reading a different Bible. You're reading a different songbook. But today is time that you are stirred and fanned into flame again the things of the Spirit in your life. You know, Paul laid his hands on Timothy and a Holy Spirit transfusion took place. So I want to really, really encourage you today to, to be the kind of person that can say, when I pray for people, the Holy Spirit is transfused. The Holy Spirit is a, I'm a transfuser of the Spirit, if that's a word. It is now, and that's you. <clears throat> so the Holy Spirit illuminates the Word and brings um, understanding to our mind to spiritual things. We call, um, we call that revelation, a moment of seeing something you couldn't see before. So revelation can change your mind and awaken your spirit. And we need to live with that. Faith is enabled when the truths are revealed. The Holy Spirit is the revealer of hidden truths. So think there's some things that we just don't understand yet, some things we don't know, that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal those things to us. Now, I've noticed that uh, in my, my own life, when I work alongside people with certain accents, I will pick up their accent. And so if I work with, with Scottish or Irish people, and I've done that where I was Stay with like one person, Scottish person, for three, four months or six months. Every day I'll talk to them in a Scottish accent. It's a lot of fun, but you, you just can't help it. And I'll even pick up all their Scottish slang 
and words that you otherwise wouldn't understand or even with Irishmen. I can't do it right now, but if I work every day with them, I'll just pick it up. Or Italians or Eastern Europeans. You just pick it up. You'll pick up their saying like, you throw that. You throw your hammer down. You throw. You don't throw, you throw. But you pick up certain accents when you're around them a lot. And uh, people you spend time with, you'll get their accent. It works the same with the Holy Spirit. Spend time with him and you'll develop a spiritual accent that comes from heaven. People will recognize the accent is different. There is something in you. There is something of you. There is something on you that gives you an accent that speaks the, the ways of heaven here on earth. And I'll tell you something, the world is desperate for people who know how to have an accent from heaven into every circumstance and situation. I'll have the musicians come and join me again. I'm going to give you something arguably, or perhaps the most important lesson Jesus gave, ever gave. Who's, who wants to hear it? It's found in John verses, chapter 3, verse 5 to 8. Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Now what we're talking about there is... Uh, born of water that is the born again experience being baptized in water as a as a declaration of our faith in Jesus and it also talks about another baptism which is a baptism of the spirit which was poured out for the first time at Pentecost which is just as real and relevant for us today you need to be born born again follow the Lord in the waters of baptism and be filled with the Holy Spirit they go together so flesh gives birth to flesh but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you, can't, uh, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. I want you to see three things here if you're taking notes this morning. Three quick things. The first thing, truth is you can't enter heaven without the Spirit. Because the Spirit gives revelation of Christ to unbelievers. That that knowledge to be born again comes from the Spirit. Number two, the Holy Spirit gives new life. The born again experience comes from the Holy Spirit. It is no natural process. It is supernatural. The third thing, you can't logically explain the things of the Spirit. Hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from. See, the Holy Spirit is a mystery only revealed to those acquainted with Him. It's not an an intellectual thing because it's a spiritual thing. So don't throw our brains away. We need our brains. Sometimes we preach like this and we think, oh, the preacher said, throw away my brain. I I turn into the brainless nymph. No, we need our brains. Our brains tell us, don't drive too fast. You'll crash your car. Our brains say, don't touch... The, the hot plate because you burn your hand. Our brains give us ways to, to, to be wise in our work and with our, with our you know, abilities and things like that. We need our brains. But, we, but this is what it's all about. The Holy Spirit is not contextualized by intellectual analysis, by intellectual investigation. It was never meant for that. It's not meant for that. It's not going to be contextualized by our... our uh, you know, investigative skills. It's a spiritual thing that happens in the spirit world. So 
the intention that God has for us is to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, which in turn determines our effect in the world. And I want to see the effect of One Heart Church, the effect of every individual in this church be effective in the world in which we live. So will you stand with me this morning? So I believe God wants to come and fill the church again in a new and fresh way. He wants to plant new seeds for a new harvest. And we need to be uh, allowing the seed of the Holy Spirit to drop right down inside of us and begin to grow something new, something fresh, something alive we've never experienced before. So I'm going to pray today for those who desire the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've never been filled or baptized with the Spirit. You can be today. Uh, We're going to pray for those to receive a revelation according to the Spirit. So you might be thinking, "I'm, I'm living a life limited by certain things, living a life, you know, uh, really not knowing the plan of God has for me. And you're limited by, by an unknownness. Jesus wants to pour the Holy Spirit into your life to bring revelation. We're going to pray for those that have been dry. You need a good drinking. You need a good drinking. I want to tell you something. If you're dry today, I want to encourage you. You've got to get yourself in the presence of God as much as you can. When you come to church, you raise your hands, even if you don't feel like it. You just begin to sing praises to God. You just begin to be thankful to the Lord. And where the, where the dryness was, the Spirit will flow. The Spirit will bring a, 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 new, a new river of life into your experience. So we're going to pray for those who want to live according to the Spirit in a whole new way. Why don't you raise your hands this morning if you relate to any of those things. And I'm going to pray believe as I pray there's going to be deposits of the Spirit touching people in a powerful and dramatic way this morning. So we're going to pray today for those who desire the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for those who need a baptism of the Holy Ghost for the very first time, who've never experienced that. I pray right now, right where they are, that a supernatural touch will come, tongues of fire will come and descend upon them that they may speak in other languages and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray for those to receive a revelation according to your Spirit. Lord, I pray for those who are not sure about their future, those who are not sure planning a career, those who are not sure about should they move or should they stay. Lord, I pray that there'll be direct and clear revelation into people's spirits this morning about those issues. Lord, we pray those who have been trying. Lord, I pray a river will flow into our lives, a river will flow into our beings, a river will flow that quenches every heart to a fullness that is satisfying and full in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for those who want to live according to the Spirit in a whole new way. And Lord, I prophesy and speak right now and pray, Lord, for seeds of a new harvest to be born, seeds of a new way to be scattered around the life of our church that we may see a new harvest because we've planted a new seed. And I just pray over your people today, In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Be filled with the Holy Spirit this morning, church. And I just know as we move from this day on, we're going to see an intensity, a a new passion, a new clarity coming into our lives, into the purpose and life of the church. As we step beyond Pentecost 2021, we're going to see the hand of God move, the seed of God planted. 
a new harvest being harvested month by month and week by week. It's exciting and it's powerful and I'm glad to be part of it. And that's what we're going to do right now is we're going to have a time of worship to allow God to continue what He's doing right now. So uh, if you've been dry, start to reach out to heaven, start to say, Jesus, I need you to fill me. If you, if you need that revelation, say, Jesus, I'm going to worship you until I receive something and uh, just do that right now. And, and lead us in some more worship. 